It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part one of the mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Camaroto. He says, I find you two have been surprisingly negative about the Jets' chances in 2021 with all the improvements in coaching, quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, running back, defensive line. I find that surprising. Even Brett Coleman, who is not a Jets fan, thinks, as I do, that they have a good chance to make the playoffs or at least be in the game. So I don't think I've been surprisingly negative. I think I've been realistic. You can't expect a rookie quarterback to come in here and just light the world on fire and all of a sudden the Jets are an 11-win team. I think five or six wins, if they're entertaining and competitive, is not really that bad considering where they are in the process right now. I'm just not expecting them to compete for the playoffs. As I've said before, anything's possible. If a few breaks go their way, it could happen. But if you look at the roster, they're still probably the fourth best roster in their own division. And then you look around at the rest of the league, and they don't measure up with those top teams. I know Brett said that he thinks that they're just as good as anybody that's not at the very top like the Chiefs. I don't know that I agree with that. So I just think that, yeah, they can be more competitive and yeah, they'll be a lot more fun and this will be a building block year. I don't think they're going to have a winning record and make the playoffs. I don't think that's surprisingly negative. I think that falls in line with what most people probably believe at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if we're the negative, then I think we're going to continue to be negative. Uh, but I the, the best argument you can make for the case that the Jets could make the playoffs is this, the fourth place schedule, playing that last place schedule. Looking at the schedule, there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. And even you get like the Bucks in that last week, but maybe the Bucks they got an easy division this year. Maybe they got it locked up. Maybe they don't have anything to play for that week. So maybe you get a gimme there. But again, this division is really tough. Uh, like they could be like hugely dr- dramatically improved and still realistically end up 0 and 6 in the division like uh and that wouldn't be like oh my god how did this happen this division's really good like i'm not saying i expect them to go 0 and 6 in the division but that like that could happen without it being like a disaster of a team um there's just too many holes. You still got offensive line concerns. The wide receiver core has made a huge improvement uh, on paper, but we need to see 
how this plays out. We still don't know what if they have anything really at a uh, tight end. We still have a lot of questions, especially at cornerback at, uh, on the defense. And you got a rookie cornerback uh, who <clears throat> played behind an offensive line that gave him all the time in the world, and he never felt any pressure. And also this rookie quarterback has a little bit of gunslinger in him too. So how's that going to factor into it? There's just – for me, like, would I be, like, absolutely floored? Like, there's no way in hell that the Jets will make the playoffs? No, I wouldn't say that just because of the schedule. I think there is enough easy games on that schedule that I, I there's a possibility. But, man, there's everything would have to break right for them. And that is not the case. That's not normally how things go in the NFL. Normally you get everything breaking right for you for like four or five weeks and then everything goes wrong. It's really hard to get everything to break right for you through now 17 games. And you're just asking for an awful lot for a rookie quarterback to come in with this roster with still this many holes in this division to come in and make the playoffs right off the bat. It, it's asking for a lot. It's it's possible. But again, man, everything would have to break right. Everything. And that just does not happen in the NFL. JP Waxer more or less articulates what I'm thinking and probably what you are. He asks, what are your hopes for this season? Mine are that the Jets find an identity as a team, fast, aggressive defense that gets after the quarterback and an offense that's fun and up-tempo, play action and creative. I'm not as worried about wins or losses. I agree. Yeah, listen, we'd all love to see the Jets win 10 games and go to the playoffs, but if you could give me an entertaining offense with a quarterback who looks like he's on the rise, a defense that's getting after the quarterback, and a coaching staff that looks like they know what they're doing, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm fully on board with not judging this season off wins and losses. Um, I'll even go further, like, Everything you said about the defense, yeah, you want that. But I, I'm not go. I, like the defense is just absolutely terrible. I'm not going to be panicking about that. I trust that Robert Sala is going to get this defense to be really good. Um, whether it happens this year or next year, I, I, I believe that's going to happen. So even if defense is everything goes wrong, I'm not going to be that pressed about it. Um, the two things I need to see uh, is something from Zach Wilson, something to make me believe in Zach Wilson long-term uh, and not that I don't believe in them now, but something that I can like plant my flag in, in the NFL and be like, yes, this there's something to believe in here. And really it's, it's simple, just like competence and logic from the way the offense is run. Uh, it's, not just Adam Gase, Todd Bowles, and Rex Ryan. There was just like the offensive coordinating was just has just been baffling and uh, confusing, and just there's been no logic to it. It doesn't make sense. There's so many obvious things that are apparent to not just you know. I shouldn't be able to pick apart things of, of the offense as easily as I can going past the past decade. 
Like it should be harder for people for us fans to critique this stuff. It should be only like other NFL coaches who should be able to identify the problems here. But it's been so apparent to everybody for over a decade, no matter who the coach was, how incompetent the offense was, not just talent wise, but just the way it functioned and the way it runs. I just I want to see that there's an offensive coordinator who is running the offense with like logic and sound reasoning behind it. Though that it's really simple. Those are the two things I need to see this year. And God damn, that is an incredibly depressingly low bar. <laughs> it sure is. Next question comes in from Upstate Jets. He says, Who are your guesses for surprise roster cuts? Just off the top of my head, I would say, and I don't know how surprising this would be, but Chuma Adolga would be one of them. Jabari Zaniga would be another one. And the other one is Trayvon Wesco. All guys that were picked within the first four rounds the last couple of years. LaMichael Ryan, by the way, is another one that I would put in there. I guess he's mildly surprising, but he's another one that was picked with Zaniga in that draft. The one thing that I will say is as disappointing as it would be to see guys that were picked that recently cut, especially the ones that Joe Douglas picked last year. Sometimes it shows you something about a general manager who's willing to admit his mistakes and cut bait. So if Robert Sala comes in here and tells Joe Douglas, you know what, I know you picked Zaniga last year in the third round, you invested a fair amount in him, but I just don't see it with this guy. We've got better options and Douglas goes and cuts him. That tells you something about Douglas being willing to learn from his own mistakes, lick his wounds and go forward. Same thing with LaMichael P. Ryan. If Mike LaFleur goes to Joe Douglas and says, listen, we got Adams, we got Ty Johnson. I like what Michael Carter's bringing to the table. I'm comfortable with Tevin Coleman. We just don't have a spot for LaMichael P. Ryan. He doesn't do much for us. And Douglas turns around and cuts him. Again, it's a shame that they wasted that pick last year, but it's better to cut bait and realize your mistake rather than hang on too long and compound the mistake. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough question to answer just because, I mean, surprise. Like, when you have a roster like this, uh, Turner being turned around from what it was last year, still this many holes, that you get surprise cuts on, on teams that are stocked with talent, not on teams that are still, like, desperately trying to plug holes here and there. Um, P. Ryan would have been my answer. Uh I uh, uh, Zuniga would be another one. I, I I wouldn't really classify them as surprises, but it's as close as you're going to get. Uh, again, with P. Ryan, I just think they brought in Tevin Coleman. We know he's uh, the fit here. Michael Carter, they drafted. We know he's a fit and going to do uh, good there. Josh Adams brings something that none of the other guys in P. Ryan does. Uh, so I just think that he is comfortably fourth on the death chart there and yeah that like at best case scenario he's going to be fourth there so i i think that's probably the most likely case play like a jet play like a jet next question comes in from michael christopher he says do the jets have the worst cornerback depth chart versus any other depth chart not just corners for any nfl team some people are saying this corner depth for the Jets is the worst they've ever seen. Do you agree with that? Truthfully, I'd have to go through a whole lot of rosters to determine if this is the worst cornerback depth. What I will say is 
This is at the very least the worst that I've seen since that famous 2014 year when Dimitri Patterson went AWOL and they had absolutely nobody playing corner. They had Darren Walls, Antonio Allen, who was a safety. They had Jaquan Jarrett, who they played around with a little bit at cornerback. Marcus Williams, who was an undrafted free agent. D. Milliner was here and he obviously contributed nothing. So that was really, really bad. Philip Adams, by the way, is somebody that I just remember was on the team. And obviously he was in the news recently for terrible reasons that we won't even get into. You can Google that whole story if you want to. But that was as bad as I've ever seen. Bryce Hall, to me, is more promising than any of those guys. But this is a really bad cornerback group. There's very little depth. And I don't think it's the worst I've ever seen, but it's very, very bad. Yeah, I don't know if I can say anything about it being the worst I've ever seen, but it's, it's I can't say that it's like, it's just a, a bunch of unknowns, really. I mean, there's there's nothing there. It's just it's just nothing. I, I wouldn't even say that it's bad. It's just who? Like, I, so, I mean, again, we haven't seen much of Bless Austin, like, but there's it's just it's not inspiring that's for sure i i immediately my brain immediately went back to the dimitri patterson year and that whole time uh because that that was awful but you know i have hindsight to know how that turned out and i i know we all knew it was a disaster at the time but knowing how it turned out like there, there's still some unknowns here. Maybe there's something there, but it, it's it's not pretty. And I can't, I can't think. I'd have to go through all the other teams, but I, I I'd be hard pressed to imagine that there's a worse uh, position group talent, like you know, talent pool in a position group anywhere in the league right now. Next question comes in from Pete Antonelli. He says, any word on the amount of practice squad members that will be allowed for each team this season? It was due to raise last year before COVID hit. Then they extended it to 16 for that reason. Chris, you have anything on this? No, we were trying to uh, figure it out the other day. We were, we were talking about it, and then we were trying to get uh, an answer from somebody on PR. We got distracted, but... Oh, we were joking because the all the they change the rules every year a little bit. They tweak it a little bit every year, and we get thrown off because it's something that we have to know like the ins and outs of, but for only like a week, and then it's you don't think about it again for another year. So uh, we we gotta uh, we'll get on that and figure that out in the next uh, couple couple days or a week or so and getting you an answer to that. But right now, not they were talking about tweaking it, maybe removing a little bit because of COVID, but we haven't gotten specifics on it yet. Next question comes in from Michael Parsons. He says, it is a good time to be called Michael with the number of Jets players with that name. Very true. If you could bring a past or present player who shares your first name and a past or present player who shares your last name to the Jets, who would it be? Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't think of that many players that were good that were named Scott or certainly who had the last name Mason. I guess the best one, and Chris just pointed this out, is Derek Mason, the wide receiver. Good player, but hardly a legend. Scott Mercero is here. Scott Mitchell. 
I'm trying to think of who else is named Scott that was a really good player, but off the top of my head, that's really all I have for you. I can't think of anyone named Nimbly. There are plenty of Chris's, but I can't think of any Nimbly's. Yeah, there's there's definitely no no Nimbly's, that's for sure. Uh yeah, I, I good Chris, probably the best we got is going to be uh Chris Johnson, CJ2K. Uh he wasn't, you know, didn't have a great time here, but he was really good before he got here. You know what's going to happen, by the way, Chris? At some point, you and I are going to be texting each other and we're going to be coming up with guys that we should have said on the show that we think of later. Oh, yeah, this guy. Remember he had this name? That's guaranteed. This happens to us all the time whenever we get put on the spot like that. So I promise you that that is definitely going to be a text chain with me and Chris later. There's going to be like 50 text messages with us coming up with guys that have these names. Next question comes in from Thomas Arnone. He says, if the Jets are out of it again by the trade deadline, do you think Joe Douglas will trade players for draft capital? If so, who would it be? It really depends. Crowder would be a logical candidate if they decide that they're not going to re-sign him, assuming he doesn't get cut now. Maybe Marcus May if they can't work out a long-term deal with him and Ashton Davis is playing well. It's an impossible question to answer at this point, but the most likely guys would be players that are playing reasonably well that the Jets don't think are going to be part of the long term. George Fant could be another one if they see him as somebody who's not going to be the long term right tackle. Off the top of my head, those are the guys that I have for you. C.J. Mosley obviously could be another one if he plays well and the Jets want to unload his deal and they find somebody willing to take him. It's impossible to say right now. Those are some candidates that came into my head, but it's way too early to start thinking about that and figuring out who would be a likely person to get moved in such a scenario. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of options to pick from there. They're, they're a very young team, uh, so m- most of the players that they have, they're going to be keeping around for the future. Uh, Jamison Crowder was the first one that popped up, especially in this scenario. So it would be a situation where Elijah Moore is playing really well. The other Mims and Corey Davis are healthy. Keelan Cole's doing. Then they're like, all right, you know what? We, we, we're not going to bring him back next year. Let's get something for him now. Um, you could, uh, Mosley could do that. Marcus May, if, if they don't extend him, obviously if they extend him, then that, that would take him off the table. But if they don't extend him, that would be another one. Fant, I would say, would be the last one. And even in that, I would say that probably only happened if they were to bring in a Mo- Morgan Moses or somebody else. Because no matter what, saving for the future, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think they're interested in making the offensive line weaker. So uh, I, I, that would, they would have to get somebody else to replace him. I think Crowder is, is the answer here. That's the most a realistic you could see a path for them being like, all right, you know what? Let, let him go try to catch on a playoff team because <clears throat> and give us something for it. Now uh, we're going to be good in the future. And he's not, he's only going to help us so much now in this lost season. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider and reading his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. 
and check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com. Luke Grant's got an over-under betting guide if you want to get in on the action early and start betting on some of these teams over-under win totals for the 2021 season. And speaking of Luke, he's doing some great work on our YouTube channel right now. We've got film reviews of Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson's dominant performance over Western Kentucky, and a bunch of others coming, plus Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 